Welcome to No Shame in the Home Game, the podcast that cares how your home feels, not looks. I'm your co-host in chaos today. My world is a bit everywhere, but we're here and we're making stuff happen. I'm here with your co-host in calm, that's what I'm going to call you, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Lacey. Yes, not only for you, but for me as well, August. It's like July. I was like, everything's under control. Like all the pots are simmering. And then, yes, for me and you both, August turned into like, oh, everything's boiling over at the same time. Exact same time. And to be very transparent with our listeners, you're going to hear in this episode that Joe and I put in an offer on a house. There's going to be emotion at some point. And I love I love that it just encapsulates life. Like life just keeps happening. We're not putting rose colored glasses on any of this. We laugh when it's funny, we laugh when it's painful, and then we acknowledge all the shit storm that is just yeah. life sometimes. It is life, and that's actually really relevant for our episode because this is Joe and Lacey part three of our journey in our home, and it is a very, I'm going to say scattered episode, but there's just, we've got a lot happening in this household. And so we really go through it and we're in this place of kind of what ifs with the house, with if we do get this house, how are we going to do this with selling our house? Well, and one of our one of our tags for this whole podcast is we say it's like a reality show and in true form. Yeah, it's not scripted, though. Let's be honest. A lot of reality shows are scripted. But yeah, that shows the reality of this. And It's about pivoting when you have to pivot. And yes, your priorities change dramatically. Not necessarily suddenly, but your priorities change. And that's part of this whole home CEO, no shame in the home game is, yeah, sometimes we have to drop our priorities in a second and pivot. And that's what this episode is. It is. I will also say something that I originally was a little hesitant about, but I'm glad that we talked about was. We get into finances a bit in this episode, which we have not covered at all in other places. And finances are a big part of home management. Now, you're not going to get a full financial snapshot of my life because that's my business. But we do share about our process and our worries and that kind of stuff. I'm excited for people to continue to see the beautiful chaos that is our life beautiful chaos and my balance to that term is i love the term imperfectly perfect absolutely it's not perfect but it is imperfectly perfect and that's yeah i think it's beautiful and i love that you and joe were willing to share everything that's happening uh we'll jump right into Lacey and joe part three Today is also Joe's first day post-job. So we are in between the two jobs. Today's Joe's first day off. He's got two weeks and he starts at the new job. And we're using these two weeks as furiously and fastly as possible to get as much as we can done. My my mom was here and she is a badass, as I've said multiple times, and gets shit done. Uh, this morning was getting shit done and then Joe cut the grass. So yeah, then a morning on top of all the other things. And the other things being that we have a, uh, we're putting in an offer on a house and Indy, our dog has a giant tumor on his foot that basically has exploded and constantly having to wrap his foot so that there's not blood everywhere he, on the floor. He got at it yesterday and it started bleeding. So I dressed it and changed it before bed. And then today uh, I changed it again this morning. But when I moved that bandage, man, it like rocketed blood in everywhere. (laughs) So I I don't know if if, I don't know if the bandage had stuck to the wound and I don't want to say cauterized, but if it had stymied the blood in some way. And then when I moved it, it just started spurting. I have probably changed that bandage, I don't know what, eight times so far today, this morning. Really? Yeah, man. I didn't even know that. Because it keeps bleeding through, bleeding through it. So I finally went ahead and put a rubber glove <laughs> over it so that it won't. Because, but it's not. It's not like it's not like it's soaking through completely. It's like he's bleeding through in one spot, but it's enough that it bleeds through to the bottom of the foot 
And then when he walks around, he just leaves blood trails everywhere in the house. So we have two carpets now that have bloody paw prints (laughs) along them. Luckily, one of them is a ruggable rug that we bought on purpose when our previous dog, Luna, was having a lot of accidents. And it was just like, you can just roll it up and put it in the washer. So that one, we're like, you walk on that one, but you go. It's just this one we could easily watch. Yep. Yeah. So I called the emergency vet yesterday, or I'm sorry, I called this morning and said, can you get us in for a surgery appointment? And so we're going to take him in tomorrow to have what is essentially a debulking appointment. So he's going to go in and have surgery on the foot to attempt to remove as fast as possible, which is something we had done four years ago. And was good for four years until about two, three weeks ago when all of a sudden it was the size good. of the damn thing just exploded. Yeah. It exploded in size. And then to, to I guess yesterday, <laughs> when he was getting at it, it exploded. And Constitution. It's, <laughs> like, it's like falling apart. It's, it's bad. Joe, would, Joe just told me I'm not allowed to look at it. He was like, you got to just walk away. I'm like, okay. So two things. One, I'm picturing y'all showing your house and people walking in and they're like, I'm sorry, did a did a crime happen here? I keep seeing blood splatters. <laughs> One thing Joe keeps saying is, I don't know how to remove blood from the deck. <laughs> My mental keeps getting said over and over. <laughs> I've said it twice. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I, I haven't attempted it, but I did try to wash away what was there by just throwing water on it and it didn't do anything to it. Yeah. So, I'm assuming peroxide or pressure washing will be enough. I was going to say, blood is surprisingly easier to get out than other liquids. I'd rather clean up blood than a lot of other stuff. The other thing is I love how this just goes right to the point of life just keeps happening. We're put a yeah. sail in a house. We're trying to figure out the toy room. The dog is bleeding. We got to get surgery <laughs> tomorrow. It's just your health stuff is still happening. It's just, oh, and Joe's between jobs. It's just life just keeps. Life boom. is coming at us. You can slow down. You are in Does the it? life hole. <laughs> yeah. Joe earlier was like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. We haven't done anything. Like, Shut up, Joe. Save it for the podcast. Because we haven't proactively done anything because we're just keeping up with life right But I will say something, and this is what I've been thinking about, is something that I'm particularly excited about. So we did put an offer in on a house this morning. An offer, like literally, as we are speaking right now, our realtor is working on the offer. When we went into houses to look at them, I pictured them. It was very different than when I did the first time. So when we looked at houses 10 years ago, I was not looking at it thinking, Like, where is stuff going to go? What's the flow of people? Like, one of the things that was killing me is, like, all these places have these entryways. And I'm like, yeah, we're never going to walk through that entryway. We're going to be going through the garage. And, like, starting to really see and think through how those things are going to function for us, I think, was very helpful for me. I don't know about you. As far as, like, I I was like, there's no storage on this floor. So if we do this, we need to do this and this. And Yeah, I was definitely focused on functionality of house the different floors like would we spend a lot of time in this basement a lot of time on the first floor a lot on the second floor every house had their own quirks shall we say and places where we clearly would be spending more time other houses and i kind of wish we could chop up pieces of a lot of the houses that we saw and mix and match but obviously that's not the case so kind of went with the best of the one we saw. Yeah. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. I don't love the house, but it's definitely the best of the options. Yeah. And I think that's, it's such an interesting thing as an adult, like how your priorities change. So when Joe and I bought this house, I was like, I love this home. I love being in this home. The light was so important and all these different things. And, and those things are there. Like one of the houses we went to, Joe was like, what did you think? And I was like, I don't know, it's fine. But that, no, he really wanted me to have more of a feeling about it. And I was like, it's fine. I can make this work. I didn't 
have a... I expected you to have stronger feelings about that house because yeah. I thought, I thought, oh, this is way better than the last house that we saw. But yeah, you just weren't yeah. feeling it. And that's the thing we realize a lot of the times with looking at houses yesterday was that feeling played a larger part in it than we realized. It was, how does this feel? How does this neighborhood feel? How does this yard feel? Yeah. And so, of course, there's logic to it of how many steps and what the distance here and what's the space in the kitchen but really a lot of it was like oh this back porch feels really nice and you know this neighborhood feels a little uptight mm -hmm. kind of stuff yeah the feeling played a lot larger of a part than i think we thought going for joe <laughs> like i expected joe to feel less and me to feel more but we were both like you felt more and I felt less than I expected. He and I like it was so interesting because after we saw the other houses or we saw the houses, Joe like really went in one that he really liked. And it surprised the heck out of me that you liked it so much. And that was just such an interesting. He had such this feeling that I didn't. It, I will say in this case was less feeling and more logic of it had the most spacious, most complete finished basement. The kitchen was the most amount of space out of all of the kitchen we looked at, which That's to true. us kind of important. Yeah, we have enough equity on our house to have a bridge loan. And so that means does allow us to speed up our timeline as far as buying a house, getting being able to get our stuff out of the house to potentially leverage the new house as a way to not, to, to be able to move some of our stuff. And yeah, there's was, just- It's not just speeding up the timeline, it's doing it completely differently. Normally you have to get your old house ready, sold, and then once it's sold, you then you can start looking for a new house, but yeah. we can go about it completely differently with two kids and a, hobbled dog shall we say <laughs> attempting to bleed all over the house now we can actually buy a place and get all of our stuff out and yeah. you know, that way selling the current house will be a lot easier and smoother and it won't have to be us trying to find some place for all of us to go and yeah because finding know, a place for, for all of us to go all the and... time i was not looking forward to yeah, yeah we just it's a lot it's a lot it's, it's a lot. still a lot it's still a lot. And we still, by the way, the surgery tomorrow morning, they're going to, they're like, oh, you have to put $3,000 down that morning. Solid. So, uh, they will accept credit cards. So damn right. They better. Yeah. Such a weird thing. So Joe and I were talking yesterday about how we are able to buy a new house. That's a nicer house. That's a bigger house. Be literally because we bought our house at the perfect time that the value has doubled. Yep. The value of our house has doubled over the past 10 years. That's ridiculous. That's it. It's one of those things where I'm like, it's all made up. It's very much shows that this is all made up and all that stuff. We also put work we into the house. We did put work into the house and we picked a neighborhood on purpose that we really liked and wanted to be in, but wasn't the most expensive up and coming, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and the neighborhood's really gone a long way since then. Yeah, time. so there is part of that, but does that mean it should double in 10 years? I don't know about that. We are cash poor <laughs> right now, because I'm sick. I don't make a consistent income. Joe was our single income, and then will be making more at his new job, but it's also going to have a little uh, leftover, not leftover, there's going to be a little bit of tightness there when it comes to money. You and know, then I still get paid out for all of my was it, 100 hours of vacation from my last play. But when you look at our, it's so weird when we go into the home buying process and they're like, you can borrow. I like, I just did the math yesterday because I was curious, like technically with our income and in this house, like we could get a $600,000 house, which I'm like, oh my God, no, we should never, ever have the, no one should ever give us that money in the current state of our world. And so to think, and it's all because of the equity that we have in our house that we, Joe keeps joking that we're going to be wealthy landowners because we're going to have two, we're gonna have two, two, two different, two different properties <laughs> in, yeah. But it's not money that you see. And that's so hard still for me to wrap my mind around and i don't know 
I just, I, and I told you, Joe, I'm like, I'm just so thankful that we have this opportunity. And I hate that I know that this is not an opportunity other people are going to be able to have. The money of it is scary, but it's there. And I'll be honest, Joe and I figuring out how to manage that is one of the things that we struggle with when it comes to our home management. I know we don't really talk about finances a lot and the management of those, but that is part of home management and how a home CEO run would run a home. So I just, I think it is important for us to mention that there's a lot of that stuff happening too. Yeah. That's a, no, that's a really good point. And maybe sometime in the future, we can have a financial advisor or specialist come on because- yeah. Yeah, there's no one way to approach it, but obviously that becomes the source of a lot of conflict. Yeah, and it's so uncertain. Like, I hopefully it's not too much for me to say. Joe and I had a heated disagreement last yesterday. Um, I don't even know if it was a disagreement. We just were not. We were not communicating. We were having a hard time communicating. A lot of it came down to both of our assumptions on what the other person knew and didn't know what what our own belief like when we talk about we ask people what were some of the unwritten rules in your house and that kind of stuff that's the same with money you know like joe and i are very different when it comes to our relationships with money and whether or not some of that is in active truth doesn't matter because we come into it knowing those assumptions and how each other work there's just there is a lot of stuff when it comes to money uh, that i think it would be remiss for us to not ignore. Yes. And again, we could do a whole episode on this. Yeah. I worked with my husband. We met with a financial planner just to even just do a snapshot of where we are, what our goals are. And one thing that was really helpful was we did a risk assessment independently. And so we got to see where our, and our numbers were actually out of a hundred, we were within two of each other, which was amazing. Oh. But yeah, what if you were, what if your partner wanted to be like, yeah, let's risk everything for this gain. And the other one is, no, we have to have every dollar under our mattress. Yeah. So again, how you approach those things when you manage a house together is very important. It is. And it is part of how your house flows and, you know, how money gets spent and where. And I do think you show what you value with what you spend. Literally, I think it was on the last episode, Joe was like, I will spend money on beds and sheets. And I'm like, <laughs> that's my man. We agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Anything that you spend that much of your life in or on deserve to put a little bit of extra money into it. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody said once it, everything between you and the ground. So a bed, a tire and a shoe are oh. you like you should never skimp on. And it's like, oh, yeah. in the foundation of your house as well. Yeah. It's, not the it's not the pretty stuff, but it's the essential stuff. Yeah. But I think for us, especially in this moment, in the physicalness of what we're doing, of moving our house, there's a lot of do we need this? Do we not? This morning was really interesting in the basement of Joe got overwhelmed because there's just a lot of crap down there. It wasn't I would it wasn't quite overwhelmed. It was more I just didn't know where to start tackling. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure what our goal was gotcha. with what exactly are we moving? Are we taking donation stuff? Are we taking trash stuff? Are we taking stuff to keep? And so I just I just needed a like a an inroad into where we were gonna begin. Yeah. And so that that's what I was just trying to figure out is I was like, I don't know where to start because I don't know what our goal is. I don't know what, what exactly we're doing this first run. Yeah, and that's the uh, the magic of Carolyn is what I'm going to call it, which is just my mom being the badass that she is. She She's just like, yeah, just separate them out and I'll take care of it. Joe and She and Joe filled up her truck to take to a storage yeah. unit and then tomorrow we'll probably do the same plus the donations. And Not to mention she's taking all of it to the storage unit by herself. Yeah, I nice. offered, I was like, oh, I'll go with you. And she goes, no, it's too far. I'll just take care of it. Make sure that nothing's too heavy for me to get by myself, but I'll just take care of it. And I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, great, fantastic, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but I was like, I felt so bad because, I mean, it, it wasn't that much stuff. Everything was in boxes and contained mostly. So it should be relatively easy to like unpack. But again, she shouldn't have to do it by herself. But yeah. the storage unit is all the way up by the new house. 
So I understand her being like, no, because then I'd have to drive you back down. And it was like, no, it's just easier for her to make the trip and then yeah. go home afterwards. So I was like, okay. And then she's going to come tomorrow and do the same thing. And then on yeah. Thursday, do the same thing. thing. Again, yeah. So I, I think because we have that level of support with that, like I'm like, okay, that's taken care of. We've got at least the financing figured out. So we are making a lot of progress. I think... I'm now starting to worry about kids and daycare and that kind of stuff because I haven't told this to Joe. I keep calling and things are not looking great as far as availability goes. You're a business owner who cares more about people than profits, although you still want to make some money, of course. And that can feel mighty lonely. That's why I created Feminist Founders, a podcast that explores how to build a more equitable world through entrepreneurship. I'm Becky Mollenkamp, a coach and journalist, and I'm excited to bring you stories of people who, like you and me, are trying to change the business landscape for good. Check out Feminist Founders wherever you listen to podcasts. If I could pull out a couple of threads, one that you already touched on is, so you're looking at these new houses, you're kind of mm-hmm. using a different lens of, of flow and function, and so it's nice because in a way you're not starting over blank slate, but in a way you get to do a bit of a reset, which is a great opportunity to do with intention. Yeah. And so you said, you mentioned some things are going to donation. Are you using this as an opportunity to cull through your, yeah, that's, be- that's, I know it's, I know moving is a lot in so many different areas. It's every area of your life. And then so making sure that at least you're maximizing that opportunity with the Carolyn. <laughs> Everyone had a Carolyn. I really do. Yes. She's yes. magic. And she when you set up your new house, you get to really think about what worked in your toy room yeah, and how you're going to put things out. What I'm always amazed by, and it's such a natural cycle mm-hmm. of if you move into a new space and it's sparse and you start that way, very sparse things naturally just start to build back up. And so keeping that intention of not letting things build back up, because it feels so good when there's just not a lot. Yeah. So utilizing that storage unit of maybe if in six months you haven't pulled some of the stuff out, maybe that stuff doesn't come to the house. Using it as a gate to what do we really want to come into the house because if once it gets in it's harder to get back out i guess is the key there yeah a funny one this morning is mom was helping go through the toys in the toy room and she was like oh there's really not as much here as i thought i'm like yeah mom i already went through it it's fine yeah it's all jumbled but it's just fine because i already went through it (laughs) she was like you did a good job and my mom telling me I did a good job is like the best thing. And then she got stuff underneath the couch and was a little less impressed, but still. <laughs> she was like, there's more underneath the couch than there was over there. Like, I didn't have the energy to touch that. <laughs> awesome. yeah. She's like, it's not gross stuff. It's just toys. I'm like, yeah, if it's gross, we get it. It's just, I'm not going to fight. As we've said, me like... Changes in elevation of my body is challenging. So if something goes under there, that it's not going to hurt anybody if it's under there. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> but I will say that was a thought that I had during the house hunting is that I was really excited to be able to set up these spaces in a way that is thoughtful and actually making sure that everything that's coming into the house has a place. And if it doesn't, it probably doesn't need to come into the house uh, because where we are now, like we've accumulated so much stuff and a lot of things just don't have places. And so they just exist. And then you end up with like junk drawers and boxes full of stuff and just things that sit out on counters and in any empty space. But this moving process allows us to really cut down on what we have. It allows us to be meaningful in where and what is stored and be thoughtful about the different spaces that we have and what we want to happen in them. And it was like, this is a really good opportunity for us to just like almost start over in a sense and really just make this space better than what we've got now. I think another thing that Joe actually did a really better job of this than me is thinking about how to take my chronic illness 
into account too and how we can better accommodate that in this new space. So there's just things like he was like, there are less steps in this house. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. There are less steps in this house. It is easier. The steps are also carpeted. So if maybe I fall, it's not going to be as big of a problem or the laundry's on the first floor. So if we maybe get me like a rolly cart, I can even do some of the like taking it out, switching it over and then bringing it into a different room to full. There are just a lot. He even was like, you know what? We should set up your coffee because it's going to be a four bedroom house. And the uh, fourth bedroom is going to be kind of office space for me, but also kind of so that I don't have to be in my bed all the time. Another place I can go to lay down. And Joe was like, we should set your coffee up in there. So you don't even have to go downstairs in the morning until you're truly ready and all this stuff. And so I do think that has also been nice to think about. Oh, okay. And don't get me started. We're going to have, Sarah, hold on to your hat. Okay. We're going to have four toilets in this house. So two full baths and two half baths. Okay. Y'all, y'all will have to all go to the bathroom at the same time just because you can. Because <laughs> that is huge. Exciting. It's huge. Don't there, even get me started on how excited I am about potty training. There's Iris. At least, there's at least one on every floor. At least one on every floor. So you don't floor. even have to go to a different floor anymore. Oh, yeah. But uh, the big thing about it for us is we are going to have a bathroom and the kids are going to have a bathroom. So my shower chair can stay in the bath, the shower, and I'm not constantly moving it around. There are just so many places where I can see, oh, this is going to make my life easier. Oh, this is going to make my life easier. Now it is more house, but we've been thoughtful about that in a lot of ways. It'll be more consistent vacuuming. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But honestly, aside from that, Mm -hmm. really shouldn't be any less manageable than this house. Yeah. On that note, first of all, you could automate the vacuuming with those little robot vacuum cleaners for each floor, which would help, at least on the most traffic at the floor. The, oh, the little yeah. circular ones. And then second of all, so again, thinking about the stuff that you're taking into the house, how it's easier just to not let it in. When you're cleaning, it isn't actually the square footage that's the issue. It's how much stuff is in the square footage. So if each room has, if you bring in more stuff, because it's actually every surface that you touch. So just because you have more floor space, that doesn't take that much to vacuum, but it's how much stuff are you putting on the floor space? How much is going on that dresser or on that shelf or on that? Yeah. So again, being thoughtful about your health limitations and time of being really thoughtful. If yeah, if you brought everything that's in your house now to there, yeah, it would not it would be minimal more, even though the square footage might what double? Is that accurate? No. Double? Uh, no. It's oh twenty five percent increase. Yeah. yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really the kitchen will be the big one because you'll have more counter space, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, no. the most is time, that much it, it's not significantly more, but it is more. Okay. Kitchens and bathrooms are the most time intensive for cleaning because that's where the most, I don't say fluids, but poos <laughs> 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 and water yeah. and all the fluids. Those are the most. So yeah, the bathrooms will take a little bit more time, but. I will happily clean extra bathrooms if it means that we have them. Again, just, I'm also excited. We like, if we can knock it out the little potty and just go right into a toilet, that would be great. I would clean out that little potty was always such a big, big thing. I'm, I'm thinking you all, I just, bridge is the word of the episode. Bridge loan, bridge daycare, bridge. I think you should be the bridge to our next season of participants. And we should do a series of how you're adapting to the new house, the new cleaning routines, the new everything routines. What are what what did you think was going to work? And now yeah. you have to adapt differently because I think that is a, there's a lot to learn from when you move to a new house, especially when you've got little ones. Mm-hmm. It's really everything at once, everything all at once, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. I yeah. think one other thing that we haven't mentioned this far, but I really is important to me 
is that in our house right now, there really isn't a space for Joe's things. Like he has that wall and the closet in the spare bedroom and that's it. Like there is no space for your things. And I think that's always been a problem for us and probably you feel uncomfortable. So that is also something that I want to be very thoughtful of to make sure that Joe has that space. So yes, there's this office space that I plan on being using primarily, but I don't want it to be a place just for my stuff. I want him to be able to have like his computer in there and his D&D and dice and all those different things. Uh, this is me saying it out loud for everyone, for the record. For the record, your laundry rolling cart, which right now is between you and Joe. I can't even see Joe. Your laundry cart has become basically a fixture in yeah. our relationship. So I'm like, where's the laundry cart going to be? Like wherever you are in this new house, I'm like, but is the laundry cart going to be with us? Like, am, I losing, am I losing the laundry cart? You might be losing the laundry. <laughs> well, what it is, is we might have one in the laundry room and one upstairs and that it rotates that way. Or will there be one in the, see? Maybe we need three. Do we need three? Okay, now wait a second. Because <laughs> if there could be one for their clothes, like that we like keep in that open space at the top of the stairs, and then one in our closet where our clothes go, and then one in the laundry room. Do you see what, do you see what I'm saying here? Like the flow, oh, I see it. <laughs> I see it. And then I could even use that to roll out and fold clothes. And then I can set the ones that are folded at the end of the stairs for someone to then take up. They should have their own hampers in their rooms. Well, they have their own hampers in their rooms now. Well, she's going to need a bigger one. She is going to need a bigger one. Hers is just a little laundry, like, bucket type thing with this that's like cloth or it's very it's, it's more soft. like for toys <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say when you said bucket i was like like a five gallon bucket like a home no. depot bucket. <laughs> no like it's got an elephant on it and it, two handles it's and like it's, a, around. it's like a fabric bucket yeah but it's kind so, of like stiff sides to it one idea and may not apply to you but for anyone listening is to have color-coded baskets so dirty is always in a black basket and clean is always in a white basket. That way, if you're trying to go between floors, it doesn't get mixed up. Like which one's dirty? Like this needs to go up because it's clean. This one needs to go down because it's dirty. That's something that can be utilized. The more people you have in your house, the more important that becomes. But if it's the one person designated a laundry, it's not confusion. So um, what you don't see for our laundry is we have this is the clean one. And there's a dirty one over there. And that's how this works, is that Joe knows that whenever that gets full, he can take the bag down, he washes it, and then then he uses that same bag to bring back up and put here. And then that's my cue to then fold it and get it put away. That's what I argue the kids, I think, should have the same structure. Because his, when his thing gets full it causes problems because then it's on the floor and then it's rarely getting full but i will say he does get a little confused as to whether or not he can put dirty laundry in it because he asked me yesterday he was like what's in here now and he opened it up and he was like oh it's empty i was like all right bud you can put all your dirty laundry in it now and he goes what about the clean stuff it's like, on the floor for okay. him to put away, and he hasn't put it away yet. I know exactly where it is, but I'm trying. I've to been give trying him... to. I've been trying to only fold his clothes and try to make it his responsibility to put them, because he knows where they go. They are in his reach. So that's something we've been working on. But yes, I think a system where it's obvious what's clean and what's dirty would be helpful for him. Yeah. Specifically. Or, or you could get some kind of. I'm sure I could find one. Some kind of color coded system. So if it's green and it has a C, he knows it's time to put it away. If it's D Mm -hmm. and it's red, those are dirty. You know, something for him visually. I mean, if you ask a kid if something's folded, one time I folded an entire load of laundry for my son. He usually folds his own stuff, but I did it because it was just quicker. And then he came in and just dumped it all because he didn't realize it was folded. Doesn't surprise me. So kids don't see that as clearly as they would like a red or a green. So that's a tool that you can use. I will say one of the biggest shifts that this system has done for us is it made it okay for there to be clean laundry that's not put away. 
and there should be dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Because that was always a big thing is there was never a place for clean laundry that wasn't put away to live. Mm -hmm. And it was like this assumption we would just fold it and put it away right away. And that doesn't happen. That's not realistic for us. And so I think keeping that mindset for us of clean laundry and dirty laundry will need a home pre being put away. You know what I mean? I think that'll yep. just be something we, we really need to yeah. remember. I, I feel like laundry, the more people you have in a house, laundry becomes the number one issue. And I've heard that with clients who have teenagers where the teenagers don't put it away. And I said, well, if they don't care if it's wrinkled. Yeah. Just have a designated basket that's clean and then they get to dig through that as long as they know that's the clean. It's going to look as crumpled as the dirty stuff, but they'll <laughs> know it's clean because it's in a white basket and they can just dig because, yeah, if they don't care, then don't stress it getting back to where it needs to go. I keep track of so many different things, whether it's from the middle, no shame in the home game, all of the different business ventures that are part of those things. And I also keep track of a lot of things in our household from things that we need to repair and do and flows, all of that stuff. And the thing that I use to do all of that is Notion. Notion is this amazing blank slate where you build your own app and database depending on what you need. They have some amazing templates to help you get started. But once you get in there and start using it, you see how things work and come together. And it is magic and easy and beautiful. It's like a to-do list meets a database with workflows. And then you can even get AI right into Notion to help you come up with words. And words are hard, because let's be honest, they are. We have a link for Notion to help you potentially. If you go to noshameinthehomegame.com backslash N-O-T-I-O-N, you can get a link into Notion and potentially sign up for a plan. They do have free plans and paid plans. If anything, go get a free plan because it is so cool and you'll fall in love like me and become a Notion advocate. I'm real excited. I'm excited. I love change. Let's just, I am like, I'm a change champion. I'm an early adopter and Joe is not. He, I don't want to say struggles. He just has a different relationship with change than I, I do. I don't love change because yeah. I like to get into something, find a system for it, and minimize that. And then change is just throwing it up in the disrupting air. it and meaning that you have to, and who knows how permanent that change is. And it just, it's so many different new variables to consider. And it's a lot more to think about. So I, not change is nice because it, means that you don't have to spend a bunch of brain power on it yeah. but yeah i'm okay with this change and this is all good change it is so. it is good change it is and we're sad about leaving your neighborhood oh, and yeah. the proximity to our friends and family who are here that kind of stuff but i'm excited i'm i'm excited to kind of move into that next phase in our life well, and for anyone listening who's going through a big change as well with moving, just remembering, as you already pointed out, you love change. Joe takes a lot more energy and just being aware of even the kids, how each of them is going to adapt to the change and just being very aware of how are you all restoring your energy in this process? How are you like finding your anchor to just ground the family through this so that you don't get to the new house and everybody's on their last nerve and you want to know is so making that that's also a to-do list how are we restoring ourselves through this process yeah. where's mm -hmm. joe's time where's joe's where's joe's time? Yeah, where I, time i was literally about to say that i'm very conscious that over these next two weeks also need to be a time for joe to rest recuperate you heard him say he had a whole bunch of vacation because Joe never takes vacation because he saves it up for something we might need. Like, you know, there's just a lot of that. So I am aware of it. May not be great about it, but I'm I mean, I was excited because before we had all of the plans for finding a house and the bridge loan and moving right away and all of that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take two weeks off. And that first week, I'm going to do nothing. And that second week, maybe we'll start working on the house. And I know. Honestly, though, the that. person who really kiboshed that was Carolyn. That. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm coming these days. 
Actually, I said, these are our two weeks to get stuff done. And she was like, I'm coming three of the five days during the week. <laughs> for both weeks. So well, schedule. Maybe you schedule in a day where there's no Carolyn and there's no there meetings are, and there's no appointments. And you yeah. two just enjoy your house. There are a couple. I'll make some time. Yeah. yeah. I think Wednesday is going to be a big day for that for you. And Friday. Yeah. We'll go from there. We're trying. Yep. I don't know if we're succeeding. We are succeeding. Yes. We are succeeding. We're trying and succeeding. And then things keep cropping up. Like your dog's <laughs> blood uh, everywhere. Giant oh blood my gosh. foot blood explosion tumor. And Indy's an eighty pound dog. He's not a tiny like puppy. Like they're with yeah, these and, steps, it is a print. <laughs> yeah, and like at, at one point earlier, I had him bandaged and he had bled through it a couple times. But again, it's not like he's like profusely bleeding just everywhere. It's like directional bleeding, but it's like getting in between. It's Soaking going down to, to the a pads. point where when he walks, it's leaving blood print on the ground. And so I was like, okay, I finally changed his dressing like for probably the fourth time in less than an hour. And then we're downstairs and I hear him like, like stomping around. And I was like, oh no. Cause I could tell the way he had jumped from like the landing to the first floor. He had impacted rather heavily. And when I went upstairs to check, there was just blood like in a trail of two trails of blood, like on the first floor. And so of course I'm getting like a, like a disinfectant wipe and like cleaning up the blood. And then I'm like trying to quarantine him so that I can pull the bandage off and redo it. And just, I will say he is the best boy in the oh, whole world. So I know sweet. I say that, but he just sits there and lets Joe do it. He doesn't yeah. move. He stays and yeah, he's, he's just, oh. he's very calm and gentle. And the only issue we've That's had funny. was when I put too much pressure on it a couple times and he, his lip moved a little yeah. bit and that like where yeah. dogs are like, he didn't growl. It's just yeah. his lip moved. So he was like, I'm letting you know that's too much. And I was like, I'm sorry. I realized that was too much pressure. So honestly, most of the time, the reason why he's walking around is because he's moving to wherever Trying to I get am. To where, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I know he's just the sweetest boy in the entire world. <laughs> it's, it is not pleasant right now. I'm probably going to bandage it maybe two more times before tomorrow. But I don't want to mess with it too much because I mean, they're going to clean it up before surgery and stuff. But. Yeah, every time I mess with it, it just moves stuff more. So we'll see how much he's bled through. But I imagine I'll probably have to continue to change it every couple of hours. Life just keeps happening. Yes, it does. does. Man. Joe, thank you for being willing to share and be open and honest about all of the chaos that is our life and why not? Yeah, thank you, Joe. It was great mm-hmm. getting this perspective. And like I said, I really want to follow you y'all to the next house and share the journey and hear how things keep going. And oh. I want Joe to have that space to yeah. decompress. Yeah. Ho- hopefully yeah. it'll be less but, eventful. Oh, I'm. It's like cliffhangers, though. I mean, with Alex, it's <laughs> what is she going to name her baby? With you two, it's is this offer going to go through? I mean, if, I mean we're landing on cliffhangers. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. That was an adventure for me and probably for the listeners and for you and Joe. It was an adventure for everybody. And I was along for the ride. I actually love listening to you and Joe. Sometimes I just wish that there was a video cam and I could just listen to you all any time of the day what you're talking about, because I actually really enjoy the way the two of you process and come at it from different angles, but yet have a similar vein. Very different. But I really enjoy it. Can you imagine? Maybe we just have another podcast where we just listen to couples discuss topics like this. (laughs) I would love that because I do think it's really interesting how... Um, Joe and I's marriage works. I think I've said this before. My marriage is so different than the ones that I see around me in a way that I love because it fits him and I. And it's so interesting how we are two very different people, but the things that we have in common are like our values and our sense of humor. And I really think those two things are what carries us through when it comes to our differences and opinions of a lot of other things. I don't want to say we were just arguing, but we were just having a little bit of a 
back and forth of things to be done today. And I had to be like, Joe, more than one thing can happen at once. And he was like, I'm well aware. And then he just came in to get socks and was laughing at me. Like it just <laughs> And that really is actually a beautiful again, I love the diversity of all of our participant stories. And I really enjoy that we had a couple because that brings to the heart of home management is how you communicate with those in your home. How do you resolve points of tension? How do you laugh at sometimes the ridiculousness of what's going on? And still end up at the end of the day liking one another, which is really the end goal. So. (laughs) And I do like him. As many times as I'm like, ah, I like him a lot. We're still waiting for our offer, whether or not it was accepted. So everyone on their edge of their seats about that. And And Indy right now is in surgery. So this is like. Major cliffhanger. I was going to say, like true television, we're ending on a cliffhanger and y'all are going to come back for season two or whatever's next to find out what happens with the house and the offer and with the dog. And on the note of communication, a little teaser, we are going to have episodes in between our participant seasons. And I am hoping to get in a communication specialist to really give some tools about how do you hold space for your partner to express what's going on? How do you listen? How do you show up? Would you like me to start? Would you like to start with our moment of gratitude? I'm going to start. And I am going to say that I am grateful for my local library. I am always listening to an audiobook. My son and I have been doing books on my iPad at night. So re- me reading out loud actually really, really pulls my energy because it's one of those things where you don't think about the process is happening there. But when you're reading out loud, you're reading it and you're speaking it. And I'm also managing a four-year-old. And so it, it can really take it out of me. And our library hasn't called Hoopla, which if you don't know about Hoopla, check to see if your library has it because it's the bomb. And they have children's picture books that also have voice narration. So Isaac and I snuggle in the bed and we have books that he loves. Um, I made a TikTok about this where he he's learned that this author, Ryan T. Higgins, is his favorite author because I've got more books from that author because he really liked one of the books. And he noticed, oh, Ryan T. Higgins, mom, he put it together that it's the same person. And so I explained him like, that's, an, that's the author. That's the person who writes these. I think it's safe to say he's probably your favorite author. And then the next night he was like, mom, Ryan T. Higgins, he's one of my favorite people, him and Dolly Part. Because we we get in the Imagination Library, so Dolly Parton sends us books every month. And just the joy that brought me and the tool that is that book being read. And we both still enjoy the moment together. Like when I say Isaac laughs out loud and loves these books, oh my God, he like recites them now. He loves them so much. So to be able to have both of those things for free is amazing. Libraries are amazing. That was one of the first things that I did. I was like, okay, if we're moving, what's my library going to be? And I looked it up. So even though I primarily only use digital resources, I am still so grateful for a public library. They're the, they're amazing. Oh, I, I could do a whole series of episodes of how much I love libraries and moments in my life that are keystone moments, memories of libraries. And yes, yeah, so when we moved to this area eight years ago and my son was young, we would go to different libraries every day. And I remember talking to somebody who came to visit, telling him about these libraries. And he goes, you spend a lot of time at libraries. And I was like, yeah, because they're amazing. Like each one had a different kids center and different programs and all. And I said, yeah, why wouldn't you spend every day at a library? They're the better. And it's free. And I know we pay for it with taxes, but yes. It's free. Like, I just, I can never get over the amount that I get from my library. So I've just, I honestly, I probably say it a lot on the middle or like in my newsletter and that kind of stuff, but I just tune the horn to libraries. I'm thankful for them and I'm thankful for their digital resources because they, they do, they keep me afloat. Listening to my trashy romance novels makes me so happy. The best. Love it. Hashtag we love our libraries. 
What about you, Sarah? So this links to our episode, but unknowingly, because I've actually been thinking about this one for a while, was I am thankful for dogs and specifically my dog. I love my dog so much. And I've had three dogs as an adult. And it's amazing how my relationship with each dog is so different. So you can't even say dogs in general. Like each dog is so unique. And the dog we have now, I love in a way that I've never loved a dog. She's so adorable without even trying. When she'll lay down and then she'll lift her head up and half of her face will have smooshed into this really funny position. But she looks all serious. She looks like totally serious, but then she has a half smushy face. Or like when we're walking, she'll be in between a walk and a trot. And so like the way, but she's so delicate the way her, and she's a 50 pound dog, so she's not small, but the way she, what kind of dog is she? I'm, I am like realizing how remiss it is that I don't know anything about your dog, Sarah. So, so we're, we've been told that, so we got her as a rescue. We've been told she's half plot hound, which is just a hound breed and half pointer short hair german okay. short hair pointer and i've definitely seen her point and we've never trained her to do that so it's definitely pointer and she sniffs like no dog i've ever had so definitely got that hound thing going on and her name yeah. is ray which is after a star wars character it's funny when we meet people on the street and they ask and we say ray oh they know star wars if they know she's a female immediately if they don't <laughs> they think she's a male they think it's r-a-y so yes yeah. yeah, so she was named after ray from star wars and oh my gosh she is just she's so sweet yeah the way she goes up and down in, in the morning every morning she greets me with a downward dog because she's so uh -oh. she'll see me and then she'll sit. oh my gosh i drink my coffee out in the back porch and as long as it's not raining, she'll come out with me and she'll just sit there and just look. And I think she's just like taking the morning in. She'll just look and look. And it's just, I, I can't even tell you how much I adore my dog. I'm a crazy dog person. I love it. I am too. I don't even want to talk about how much we're spending on energy surgery. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, Joe just texted me that Indy is out of surgery now. It sounds like you're laying in bed for a week with Indy while he recuperates. I love dogs so much. Well, this is our last participant episode. Next week, listeners will be hearing a kind of wrap up from me and Sarah, what we've learned, um, what we found interesting amongst our participants, and then also just our plans rolling forward and what things are going to look like. Yes, very excited, this journey. Yes, I'm very excited to do a capstone debrief of our journey, and I hope our listeners yeah. are excited too. Me too. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Lacey. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in your player of choice like us on social media, rate and review, and share with all of your friends. You can always visit joyfulsupportmovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and the other Joyful Support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread joy.